Welcome to Dad to the Bone, where three dads talk about dad stuff and wonder if eating large amounts of ice cream will ever get old. You know, I was... Sometimes it does. I did not think that's where you're going. I, I didn't either. I, we did, I thought so, you had something really, really I good did. in your pocket so, there. So can I just give a little background to the listeners? So last night, previously on Dad to the Bone, we previously. sat around and we did dad jokes. We did. And they were hilarious. We did. So... Um, I was going to do the dad jokes, but then I couldn't fit them into that format. And, and then so, the ice cream. So you went, will ice cream get old? And The answer is no. Just to answer the question, the answer is no. I mean, sometimes it does, though. I mean, let's be real. It doesn't get old, but depending on your, your intestinal situation, it could get bubbly. Oh, it could, oh, yes. Oh Maybe God. not yes. old. I mean, I'm just saying, you, ice I'm, cream I'm is that. lovely. Just it, where's that. the nearest bathroom? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm so with that. Just, that. just so to listen. be clear, I've gone into the lactate category. And so... Um, Did you just say you're lactating? I'm not lactating. Lactose and so, that's before what we that's get doing. too far into it. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I'm oh my god! His shirt looks absorbent. When we get too far into it. I think we need to just cut to the chase and introduce our yeah. special yeah, guest yeah, we gotta for guess. today's we gotta episode. Today. So let's, wait, wait, you got to do it in the format. You got to do the format. My name is. Oh, so uh, my name is QJ, and I'm joined today by my co-host Sam. What up? Rich, and, <laughs> and, and so we're sticking to the script, but we're not sticking. This train is not standing on the nope. track. We're joined today by our very incredibly talented special guest, Alvin Arby. He's the founder and chief. Boy, why do you Arby, say Arby bro. like a fast food chain? Like, yo, let He's me get a roast hungry. beef sandwich. I'm hungry. hungry. <laughs> should have started with the ice cream. Arby. It's Arby. It's Irby. not your fault. It was the ice cream. Listen. Alvin Arby's. Arby. Listen, I'm talking. I'm reading. We got I'm the beef. I'm enunciating properly. Arby. Alvin Arby. I was yeah. like going into your kudos. I was into it. He said Alvin Arby's. <laughs> we have the hey, meat. Hey, tell, tell, the listeners, tell the listeners who Alvin Irby is. Alvin Irby. He is the founder and chief reading inspirer for the award-winning... Oh, you're award-winning. I'm sorry. And so is the nonprofit. And the mm-hmm. profit, which is mm-hmm. award-winning mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a social entrepreneur and educator, and if you can't tell, he's a comedian. Yes. Welcome to the show, Alvin. Thank uh, you. Hey, 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 round of applause. Hey, oh, thank, thank you. you. Hey, hey. Thank you. And can you just, for everyone listening, Ooh, books, can you clean up yeah. everything I just said? <laughs> so just clean it all up for me, please. He's nervous. Yeah. Tell us again. And lactating. You, right. you tell Stop. us. Stop it. And lactating. Stop it, you guys. That's... You tell us who you are. Uh, all right. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Alvin Irby, founder and chief reading inspirer at Barbershop Books. Uh, and yeah, I do a lot of other stuff he mentioned, um, but I'm really glad to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, it's special. First guest. Yeah. yeah. So you you we are it. bringing the heat already. So thank you for But I feel right at home. I feel right at home. I feel, right we, so I, I was telling, we just came from a, 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 an event earlier uh, in Detroit at the Michigan Barber uh, Barber School, and um, uh, where Alvin was talking about barbershop books and all that, and uh, really, really cool stuff. We'll let Al- Alvin talk about that, but um, when we were down there, I just talked myself right out of what I was going to caveat into. Don't you hate when you, I do that yes. too sometimes, like you get into it and you're like, <laughs> y'all were just oh. in an event. Oh, okay, sorry, yeah. And for those of you who have listened to season uh, two mostly, we've actually talked about Without we th- today was our first time meeting Alvin and uh, 
Alvin Arby's and um, <laughs> we today today wait, was, wait say it again Alvin Alvin Irby and, uh, it was our first is time it, is, that, is, that a yeah. is that a Midwestern I don't yeah. know y'all sound hungry because no, I, was, a, I thought for sure I was coming out I looked at it, I was like no nah, man you straight I, up no, said Arby that's not right, a Midwestern well, yeah. that's a, that's a it's like Kirby minus the K or yeah. Furby minus the F all right well there you go with an I not so we were we were talking and um I I was just like man like this first time we've met you and and any or and everything like that but we've actually referenced barbershop books multiple times in season two uh, when we talk about the talkings teaching stuff and and all that we've talked about that multiple times early education stuff encouraging your kids to read all that so no doubt if you've listened to us for any uh amount of time you've probably heard that that name barbershop books and so alvin is the uh founder the leader of that, the chief reading inspire. I love the words. I, there. Yeah, I love that brand. And um, man, that. it was a great event earlier. Super cool. It was right in like a a barber school, but it so, was like vintage. They had yes. all the old school stuff still. It was, yeah, it was yeah, dope. Yeah. So I, I was talking to Rich as we were at the uh, barbershop, and I was thinking, this is the coolest barbershop I've ever been into because it was like twenty five chairs. Chair. Yeah. yeah, it, it was, was chairs bustling, dude. So, like, and my so where my mind goes because I guess I'm I'm just a, a sleaze like this sometimes. I was like. I would totally turn this into like some new type of bar. <laughs> because, no, because people would listen, show up to it. I'm just glad that uh, I got hooked up. You know, my hair. Y'all oh, can't yeah. see it, but I am. It's looking sharp. fresh. He's it's looking fresh. He came out fresh. Q went it went in. Slice, like, slice. Yeah, that was yeah, the name okay. of the barber. Was it? Who, we were. Hey, we were talking about that, weren't we? When his we name left, is Slice, and he so hooked was, me up. There was a guy named Slice. I wonder if they all got funny names because there's a guy named Slice. The dude that was walking around with the cane that was like the OG of the barber shop. His name was Wood, <laughs> like a tree. Wood. What was the other guy's name? Uh, Q it hooked me up. Uh, Fred Sam. Fre- yeah, so we we asked this Fred dude. Sam. There's a dude that lined yeah. that lined like two uh, first names. Yes. Yeah. There's a dude. That but no, li- no, 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 not like first name, last name, Fred Sam, like. He has two, like he has two names. Like we were talking oh. to him, and he was like, "Hey man, take my number if you need a cut." And I was like, "Okay," put his number in my phone, and he's like, uh, "I'm like, what, what's your name?" He's like, um, "Fred." And then he goes, "No, no, 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 no. Uh, put put Sam." And we were like, "Wait, what?" And he was like, "Fred's my old name. Everybody knows me by Sam now." And we we're like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, what is it? And so like, uh, he yeah, goes, "What happened, there, man? There Did you meet a, Jesus?" You know, well, there's, there's a lady that came by. No, nah, like, nah, he didn't meet Jesus. There was a lady that came by and gave him a hug, and she was like, "All right, Sam, or whatever." And we we're like, "Wait, what's going on?" He was like, "So a lot of people know know me by my old name, Fred, but but she knows me by Sam." And we were like, "What is going on, dude?" Nah, like, nah. Yeah, we were, we're trying to figure Listen. it out. We, it's one of those conversations where, like, you know, in the back of your brain, like. Just don't ask anymore. No, yeah, don't. No, yeah, no, yeah, keep don't it moving. Fred's got Listen, some, Fred's there, got some heat on him. <laughs> there was a, a barber shop in uh, in Brooklyn, uh, and the manager, his uh, he's a barber. His name is Six. And I remember, oh I was like, wait, like the number? Yeah, just okay, that's yeah. it. That's good. And I was so confused. You said I was like, the wait. number? I was like, that's just, and that's what they call him. And now I'm so used to it. But then I realized when I have to tell other people to talk to him, I'm like, like I don't even know his real name. Six. Like, six. who is he? He's six. They know he's six. Yeah, six. Yeah, so look, true. if you go, he, he knows. He's like, yeah, just ask for six. They'll know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ask for six. So 
today we we actually didn't even plan this. Me and uh, Q went to this event. Uh, we knew it was the kickoff for uh, Barbershop Books in Detroit, so to speak. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 20 barbershops. Monday okay. we're going to be launching uh, Barbershop in Books. In Detroit. So 20 in Detroit. Ch- 20 child-friendly reading spaces in 20 barbershops here in Detroit. Yeah. That's awesome. That's well, t- Tell us about Barbershop yeah. Books. Tell us what that is. Set it up for us. For all of our listeners who yeah, haven't heard. So Barbershop it? Books, um, it is the signature program of a nonprofit that I founded back in 2013 called Reading Holiday Project. And Barbershop Books is our first, and at the moment, it's our only program um, and what we do is we create child-friendly reading spaces um, in barbershops. Um, the mission is to help young black boys um, and other boys of color to identify as readers by connecting reading to a male-centered space and by involving wow. men in boys' early reading experiences. So, you know, that's really uh, what the work, in addition to kind of creating these little reading spaces, we also provide early literacy training to barbers. So on Monday, I'm going to be uh, leading a 90-minute early literacy workshop with a room full of barbers. Which is amazing because that's what they need. They need those interactions from other male mentors in their life. And what better place than the barbershop and the guy yeah. that's cutting your hair. It's like cause Absolutely, cause you when have a, I grew you have up, they were like audience. the counselor. Yeah, they yeah. were like your friend or your counselor. They'd be like, hey, Keep reading those books, you know. Because so to have that connection with them is is like that's a phenomenal huge. Because thing. in the barber chair, that's a time that's typically wasted space. It's wasted time a, a lot of times. And so if if we can get intentional with that time and train these barbers to impact these kids through reading and teaching them in ways to engage these kids in reading, that's huge. Yeah, and and you know what I tell people is that you know, right now you know less than two percent of teachers in the United States are African American men. Right. And that's kindergarten through 12th grade. Yeah, that's incredible. Less yeah. than 2%. When you look at those first few years of school, which is insane. kindergarten, first grade, right? there's yeah. almost none. Like, right. yeah. almost no yeah. black male teachers. And so that's just at school. And then you think about the fact that, unfortunately, you know, a majority of black boys are being raised by single mothers. Right. So you have a situation where they aren't, they don't have opportunity to see men reading at school. They may not have opportunities to see men reading at home. But yet, a lot of those same boys go to the barber shop oh, yeah. once or twice right. a month. So oh, yeah. for a lot of boys, they actually see their barbers more than they see their fathers. Sometimes. Which is a sad wow. statistic, wow. which sad is statistic, probably true. Reality, and it, yeah. it's a, it's, it is a reality for a lot of, of young black boys. And that's what it creates a perfect opportunity for you to fill that void with what you're trying to do. Yeah. So, Alvin, what, <laughs> what sort of inspired this? Because I know you shared with us that you were a kindergarten teacher, correct? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. were a kindergarten teacher for a while, so you filled the space where there was... Well, so I was teaching um, first grade in the Bronx, right? Okay. And there's a, there was a barber shop across the street from my school. Yeah. Right. So one day after school, I'm, um, you know, getting a haircut. Yeah. And uh, one of my first graders walks into the shop and he just kind of plops down on the couch and he's just kind of sitting there doing nothing. And of course, after a few minutes, you know, he starts getting antsy and, you know, his mom's like, you know, calm down or sit down, you know, like all of this. And I'm just sitting there looking at him because he's my student. He's not a random kid. He's one of my first graders. And I knew his reading level, so the whole time I'm sitting there just looking at him, I'm thinking to myself, he should be practicing his reading right now. And yeah. I wished I had a children's book to give him, but I didn't. Yeah. yeah. And so it kind of created this perfect storm of me, 
you know, being uh, a teacher, me seeing my student in the barbershop, me being a black man and kind of yeah. understanding the cultural significance right. of the barbershop. So all of that came together to inspire this idea, which is barbershop books. And so I literally wrote a little email to myself, like, you know, I think someone should put children's books <laughs> in barbershops. This is yeah. back in 2008, 2009. I didn't yeah. start it wow. until 2013. Yeah. But I, you know, I think because I do stand-up comedy and I was doing it then, you know, you learn to respect your ideas. Okay. okay. Right? Like, and I tell young people all the time, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? Oh, you're creative? Respect your ideas enough to write them down. Don't be arrogant and think, well, yeah. this is such a good idea. I'm going to remember it. Yes. Because you won't. Yeah. Goal that's setting. Well, and y'all oh, got kids. Good. So I know y'all got to write stuff so down. So listen, oh, yeah. goal setting, and it's exactly what it is. So I learned a long time ago, um, every year, to write down your goals for the year. And the point of it is not to have a referendum for you to like do see a list of things you didn't get done, but as a constant reminder of what you want to do, and then ex action plans as to how you're going to get that done and do it. So, and I, I, that's amazing that you were doing the that. Research, the research is clear about that, though, that like people who actually write down their goals are significantly more likely like yeah. to, to achieve. I only had one major goal for 2019. What's that? To switch from Sprint to Verizon. That was, <laughs> that's a good that goal. Was, listen. That's my goal for 2019. Because I'm on Sprint now and I can't stand listen, it. Listen, man, let me tell you something. So just in case Sprint sponsors us, the views, <laughs> <laughs> the views nah, expressed man. on hey, me did, but, did you know, but did you know that Sprint, Sprint tries to sponsor, we're like, deuces, Sprint. But did you know that Sprint now is, in, is within 1% of coverage of all cell phones? Well, networks? you know what? You can uh, believe yeah. that if you want to. <laughs> you can. Yeah. I've had... Let me tell you something. I'm not, I'm not going to say too much, but I will say this. Um, you know, I have Verizon now, but I still have Sprint self-esteem. So, like, when people, like, <laughs> you mute, you when people mute the call to cough or something, I get anxious. I'm like, hello, hello, are you there? <laughs> yes, right. And they're like, hey, I'm here, Alvin. What's wrong? I'm like, my bad. I didn't hear you breathing. I need, <laughs> to, hear you, I need to hear you breathe. I've had Sprint for a long time. That's yeah. how that's, I know that's, you're that's there. Real, that's real for Sprint customers. <laughs> that's really real. Uh, so, Alvin, speaking about the books and the reading, you know, you're telling us an interesting story in the car, which, like, just both blew our mind and made us more intrigued. You authored a book, right? I did. I wrote my own children's book, self-published, um, yeah, or... As people say, you should say, it's an indie book, right? Okay. Oh. There you go. <laughs> but you I go. wrote a book that called Gross Greg, yeah. and it's a children's book about, you know, this little black kid yeah. who loves to eat his boogers. Um, you call them boogers. Greg calls them delicious little sugars. Um, <laughs> I like that. Well, yeah. you know what, though? That laugh yeah. that yeah. you all just had, yeah. that's exactly how most adults respond to it, yeah. even the ones that are super critical. And I'm like, listen... If you enjoyed hearing that that much that it made you laugh, yeah. how much right. more do children deserve yeah, you're six, to seven, have fun yeah. and laugh? While and the sad part is that too often when it comes to books that are getting recommended to black boys, right. they're serious books. Mm -hmm. Slavery. Malcolm X. Yeah. Civil rights. Yeah. Biographies. And yeah. I tell people all yeah. the time, I'm like, I get it. You're super black. But <laughs> yeah, but no. those, not that those books aren't important, because I want to be right. clear, those books are important, but they shouldn't be the only books that kids have access to. So yeah. Scholastic, they do this family and children's uh, report every few years, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they found in the most recent report is that the number one thing, because they ask parents and they ask kids, 
the number one thing children say they look for when choosing a book. Guess what you think it is. What do you think it is? Colors. Somebody that looks like them? I think the pictures. I, the I was going to say colors. The, the number one thing the kids say is a book. They look for a book that will make them laugh. Really? That's the number one. Parents, the number one I thing parents that. Yeah. say that makes sense. is they, I want a book that will make my child think and yeah. feel. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is what they, the yeah, number yeah, one yeah, thing yeah. parents said. Yeah, yeah. They totally want a right. book. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my thing. If the number one thing, little black boys, right, and little black girls and kids all over, yeah. but if the number one thing little black boys want when choosing a book is a book that will make them laugh, but every time someone tries to give them a book, they're giving them a book about slavery, civil rights, yeah, or right. biographies. Right. Could, should we really be surprised that so many young children do not identify as readers and do not yeah. want to read for fun? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah it's the complete it's opposite yet. of everything you just said. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, well, let's learn about the Underground Railroad and uh, how we had to get there, which yeah. is important. I want to well, stay on that yeah. point. It's I like, important. I like what you but said. It's in got, the car. You have to have that. Balance of both. It shouldn't yeah. be the only. It shouldn't be the that's, only. That's thing what you, you read. were saying in the car. I like what you said in the car. You were saying that um, because when you do that, like uh, you give those kind of books to to minority kids, then you're teaching them to only think of themselves as a representation and the of non the non-minorities. Right? Yeah, oh, all look, of them. Johnny in our class, he's like the slave right. in the book. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah, you're teaching yeah. them to. And to, now Johnny instantly feels that big. Right. Yeah. Well, and you're like what you were saying in the car was that it. It teaches them to see themselves as a representation or carrying the burden of the entire community, which isn't a problem in and of itself, but it is a problem when you're not teaching your kids or, or priming your kids to think of themselves as individuals who can be silly, who can be goofy, who can read about what... Well, yeah, who can themselves. develop into more than just the stereotype which they're put into. Right. Like, you know, it's a, you, you 100% should be one thousand percent proud of who you are but as a child like you shouldn't be robbed of your childhood to just be we can't right. be creative we can't be you know uh silly and silly. gross oh, yeah and whatever. gross you can't but you be know a what? person and i think that there's and this is an insight that a, a, a older gentleman gave me at a conference where i was talking because i was talking about how often little black boys don't get to be boys yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And one of my pet peeves yeah. is when people refer to, to little black boys as young men. Oh yeah. This happens, and I'm yeah, like, no, yeah. this is this is not a young man. Yeah. This is a yeah. boy. Or they're like, mm -hmm. we have this ch childhood to manhood program, and you know we're gonna teach him how to be a man. I'm like, well, how old are the people in your program? Well, they're six. I'm like, he's. No, right, not, right. he's a kid. He's not a man. <laughs> yeah. He needs to be a boy right? first. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 this what this older gentleman told me. He's like, well, you know. I think you need to think about the historical context of the word boy mm. and how it has been used mm -hmm. as yeah. a derogatory yeah. and demeaning it's word for black men. Yeah. And so then the, the question that then popped into my head was this. If boy has been used to uh, as a derogatory term for black men, right, referring to them as boys, to mm. the point that they don't even want to refer to that's, their own black children as boys, boys. Wow. Yeah. what does it mean... If every other child gets to be a boy, and you except for black boys, what does that mean? And you know, when you think about these police shootings where they're like, oh, I thought it was a man. He was 12. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's yeah. all kind of research about implicit bias and yeah. how teachers perceive yes. black boys to be years older. If yes. they just yeah. show them pictures. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. they tend to to think they're significantly older than yes. what they are, wow. which I've experienced my whole life. They're like, what? They're like, you're, oh, you're forty. Yeah. Hey, 
But you know, <laughs> but, but but now he is. So <laughs> let's go on good time. I'm not 40. Anyway, no, no, it's just just the closest in the room to 40. That's all. Just the closest in the room. You're right behind me. All right. No, uh, no. I mean, but seriously though, like dealing with that, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I face that where they're like, "What are you?" I'm like 14. You're like, "Well, you you're about 22 now, right?" Like, no. What do you think I got held back 20 years? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, you know. So and it is. It's I think that's the empowering thing I love about hearing about your book because you're right. It's like, you know, um, it's like everyone carries some type of burden, right? But then some people, in my opinion, carry even more of a burden. Like we all have to work hard, but, you know, like we sometimes get told, you got to work even harder, you know? And if you dare try to stay, step out of that lane, you face uh, a lot of Listen, man, I know? have crocheted since age seven. Like crocheted with yarn, yeah. Like or metaphorically. No, yeah. no, no. Like I are got you painting, mad. Are you painting a word I got picture? mad scarves. I got a lot of scarves. <laughs> I got and mad crochet, scarves. Like metaphorical scarves. No, no, I have a yarn spot like that. Yeah. I go to okay yeah. near the Brooklyn Bridge yeah. in New York. Yeah. I got mad crochet knees, but I've been doing it since I was seven. By the like, way, that's so good for you. Brother. Keep very, going. At a very young age. Like, my mom taught me, taught my brother, yeah. taught my sister, all of us how to crochet, mm -hmm. but I was liked it, and I was really good at it, and it, it actually changed me. I think when you learn at a very young age that you're good at something, and mm -hmm. not only that you're good at something, but you see something you've created, it does something to you, and I think there are a lot of people walking around thinking that they have nothing to offer the world, think, oh, yeah. you know, like that kind of stuff, and then aside from that, it taught me to believe in myself. And if, if, you know, whether someone agreed with me or thought that something I was doing was weird or whatever, if I felt confident in it, yeah. then I should keep doing it. And I think that even before I realized that crocheting was kind of laying a foundation yeah, for me being willing to take risks yes. oh, yeah. that other people might not ordinarily take. Yeah, it start uh, it starts young. It starts at that. It reminds me when I took like tap dance when I was in seventh Boom. grade. Wait, I would did not you, have did thought you, that. Did you whoa, really? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, this is not about me. This is not about me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause, Alvin. But are you are you sharing that as information? I want to hear about your tap dance. I would love to hear about that. Did you really? Yes or no? Just did you really? Did you take tap dancing? This show is not about me. It's a yes or a no. It's a yes or no. Did you? Show is not about me. QJ, did you take tap? That's a yes. That is a yes. I will not. Yeah, I took tap as a kid. We all did. Listen, what? listen. Happy Sammy feet. Davis Jr. Hold on. You just said was, we all we all did. Was good. Sammy Davis Jr. Did you, uh, wait, did you really just say we all did? You know he did. He said we all did. We all took tap. Did you ever uh, take tap? Uh, bro, the light skin. Bro. Yeah, I, with the dreads. No. Who? Oh yeah, him too. That's tap. That. He, uh, are you talking about the all about the Benjamins uh, music video? <laughs> remember that? What? What? Y'all don't remember that? Wait, we all did. Wait, are, do you was think that tap dancing? Yeah, Puff Daddy was it? Tupac took tap? No, no, He was tap dancing. No, no, no. He was probably just trying to dance. He had a dude with dreads that was tap dancing. Oh, that might have been the dude we're thinking about. I mean, I feel like it was Gregory something. What's there? Gregory Hines? I don't, I don't know. That sounds that like up? a Pittsburgh Steelers running back. I don't know. No, I feel like, okay. Because you, I know, yeah, so light-skinned dude. I don't. Uh, I don't know tap like that. It was, so, <laughs> so different generation of tap. So it was like Sammy Davis, who was like uh, old school. Yes, this is being Google right now. I'm, uh, I'm looking up all about the Benjamins video. And, okay. Oh my the, God. Well, hold on, the punchline of the entire show. It's a different generation of tap. 
There's le- there's levels to this tap, boy. I didn't realize Q was in the tap world. I didn't know. Listen, oh, wait. Oh, I was this? told and I believed, I believed as a child. Yeah, it helped with foot coordination. It helps. You take tap. You let, uh, let no, I can, to- I can totally see it. I can yeah. totally see it. I just yeah. didn't. That- no, that yes, I didn't Gregory know Hines you were is Hines. definitely a tap dancer. Boom, baby. Okay, I yeah. didn't make that up. Yes, Man. Gregory yes. Hines. Q, yes. I had no idea you were so light on your feet. Wow. All right. So anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> I don't remember, but I—that's great. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. That was a genuine, sincere great. You, you wiped was... my, my my mind completely. <laughs> All right. So yeah, to your point, crochet. Yeah, like so. I took no, but tap. what I'm saying, yeah. tap crochet. Sure. I think. Creating spaces for young boys. You know what I did when what, what I took that was kind of like tap or crocheting when I was a kid. Um, so like my family took me out to the woods and taught me how to like kill and kill and like skin large bears with my bare hands. That's what I did. You were tapping. I was. Wait, are you for real? Bears? No, I'm not for <laughs> oh, real. I don't know. I thought he was gonna Look say rabbit. <laughs> I was ready for a rabbit or a squirrel. So you know when see when the story went to going into the woods, that's Bear when hunting. you know. Look at look at come well, on. Well no, I didn't know he could have been camping. You never know. Camping. He <laughs> has a camping face. I got I got bee tattoos. You know I'm about the wilderness life. <laughs> okay. Um, so listen, I, I there's a ton of stuff that you just touched on that was really like those were gems, what we would call major keys, right? And oh, so if y'all missed that through all the, the tap dancing, rewind <laughs> it, rewind it a little bit and listen, because that, that, that I was sitting over here and I'm very seldom speechless, but I was sitting here just like, wow, that's good stuff. Like, man, there's so many layers to it. Things that I think do touch, that we touched on in like in, in season one. In season one, we talked a lot about, uh, about the development of boys to men and how, mm-hmm. not the R&B group, but, no. but them too, and how... Um, just all those things that you're raised in set the tone for how you yeah. become a man and then as a man, how you parent. And so you hit so many of those different things without even trying to, I think just now. But um, uh, before we, we, we hit all those different little rabbit trails that we could keep going down, tell us just, just real quick, tell us what, so we talked about 20 barbershops in Detroit. Tell us about where else you have, you have barbershops already at or where they're going? So right now we have um, 160 barbershops participating in the Barbershop Books program across about 50 cities okay. and 20 mm-hmm. states. Wow, um, that's incredible. A- after Monday, where, where we'll be launching 20 here in Detroit, that number is going to increase to 180. Wow. Um, so, you know, there are like a a variety of ways in which people can sponsor reading spaces. They can do it as an individual where they literally just send 475 to our website, barbershopbooks.org, and they can sponsor it. Uh, also we've had local churches sponsor reading spaces for the barbershop down the street or, or their local community group. Right. Uh, and then we also partner with school districts with, um, you know, city gov- local city governments or with library systems or foundations where we usually will implement the program across an entire neighborhood or okay. across an entire wow. city, similar like to kind of what we're kind of getting started here in Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of where we are. You know, of course, people can always connect with us on social media, um, at Barbershop Books. We're always sharing out photos of barbershops. Um, where, you know, the barbers are helping the babies read. Yeah. 
So, you know, and one of the things I liked about the display we saw was the appropriateness of the books to the various ages of the children. And I thought that that was very, like, that was very important because I remember being at the barbershop and all you saw were, like, you know, uh, Sports Illustrated yeah. and some uh, some other magazines. And so yeah. it's nice to have some, one first, the ones that are at eye level to the kids. And so can you talk about, like, the how you were intentional about making it eye level and picking out the books? Yeah, so, the, you know, people do ask us all the time, you know, how do you how did you come up with your book list? How did you choose them? And I tell them, you know, we asked little black boys in Harlem, what do you like to read? What are your favorite books? Yeah. And then we bought what, the what books. Are, what did they say? <laughs> we bought the they, books. They, they like to read. Like it wasn't wasn't like yeah, no rocket, rocket science. science. Yeah, yeah, we just yeah. bought the books, and then the books that we bought, we put them in the bookshelf. And we were intentional about the bookshelf. So it's a colorful, uh, you know, primary color kind of uh, fabric and wood uh, kind of bookshelf, book sling type of thing. Um, and it has, you know, barbershop books in uh, bright yellow uh, lettering uh, across the bottom. So it's colorful. Um, it's eye grabbing. It's, and, not, and it's, it's not just a, a dusty old bookshelf. No, and it's, 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 it's near the floor. So, for right. example, you know, when, when I was thinking about what how the barbershop books program would really kind of work you know in a barbershop one of the things that was important to me is that i wanted to base the program on the reality of the barbershop and not an ideal yeah. of what i might want right. the experience to be right. so the reality is that there are some parents who are going to come in the barbershop they're going to have a little kid but they're just going to get on their cell phone right. i don't want that kid to be dependent on that parent in order to interact with our space. So we have a bookshelf that's near the floor. So yeah. even if you're three, you can go over yeah, as a kid and pick up a book on your own. Whereas if it was a normal bookshelf, yeah. you might need an adult to go over and to grab it yes, for yes, you. Yes. And so, you know, the colors of the bookshelf, the size of the bookshelf, all of those things really played into. And the way that it's set up, it allows you to see the book covers. That's what I was going to say. I was hoping right? you said that. Because, you know, I tell people all the time, there is nothing about the spine of a book that makes a kid <laughs> yeah. who hates reading want to see that wanna one. go yeah. up and really... But when they come into a barbershop that has barbershop books, they see, oh, no, David, or oh, Chicka Chicka Boom Boom, or oh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah. yeah. And then they want to run over and begin to kind of engage with it. Yeah, that's yeah. important. I love how you talk about that, too, because when you think about a paperback book, everyone just picture a magazine. Like, what about the, the spine of a magazine, like, uh, draws you to it? <laughs> nothing. 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 You're like, nothing. oh, there's a book-shaped object right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's a linear object there. But that's kind of the difference between child-centered approaches to things yes. and then just, I'm an adult and do what I tell you to do kind yeah. of approaches to things that don't Big. always take into consideration kind of child development Absolutely. and like other types of things that's like huge. that, which I know you guys yes. think about and talk oh, about yeah, all yeah. the time, yeah, which is in your that's work. Incredible. That's no, incredible. yeah, that's huge. I, I, I like you talking about that and I like the idea too. So for, for listeners who may not frequent barbershops and especially in urban areas, the nuance to barbershop, it may be slightly over your head or you may think, okay, well, why a barbershop? A barbershop in, in, an, in an urban area is like, it's 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 a community hub, a cultural center. Oh, yeah, it's, for sure. it, it is. And it for is. so like a beauty shop, definitely for women. Some barbershops are, are unisex barbershop beauty shops where men and women go. But a lot of barbershops that are like they do men men's cuts. 
you'll see dads in there with with their little boys, sometimes oh, yeah. little girls as well. But it's not always the friendliest environment for children. No. Because, and, and I'm saying that. Did you that hear me refer, on the TV. Did you hear yeah. me refer to other magazines? Right, yeah. I know what you mean, but but people listening may be like, what's another magazine? Time? Like, no, no. They, there's, we're we're talking. There's, swimsuit edition. Yes. Uh, swimsuit and, edition. And sometimes. For the swimsuit, last 20 years. Swimsuit yeah. edition. Without swimsuits, There's some, you know what I mean. So, so you'll you'll have that, and you'll have really rich. You'll have uh, music playing that's relevant, uh, all that kind of stuff. You'll yeah, have yeah. a lot of uh, grown conversation going on from barber to oh, the yeah. client that's in the chair. Oh, yeah. But a lot of times, the kid is just relegated to the waiting area up front, where there's yeah. not a lot of kid friendly stuff to do or to see or to look at or to get you thinking. And so well, and that's where they kind of lose some of their their childhood too, because you're sitting around all these adults. And they're politicking, man. Yeah. They're talking about oh, yeah. whoever's in office. They're talking about whatever's going on in their job. Talking about whoever's relationship. You got dudes coming in with CDs, meat, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? A lot of stuff. Ch- churros. Yes, we're <laughs> in Southwest. What, whatever you want, they're coming in with. Oh, yeah. You need some soap. Yeah. Somebody's coming around the corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know, to have that space where just kids, for, yeah. where they can like zone out and they can just read and they can just take in all that kid information and it yeah. can touch them away. And I'm going to tell you something. One thing I noticed about kids' books specifically that I don't think was really there when I was a kid is I feel like the way in which, like you talked about, the humor, the color, the characters, it wasn't, when I was a kid, I felt like it was very dense. Whereas now, like, I mm. look at my child's books, there's a lot of colorful photos and a lot yeah. of good intricate details and the storytelling is Well, there. and it's, that's the thing. I definitely think the illustrators, like, there's so many, like, Kadir Nelson... Mm. Who does those time covers all the time and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's so many artists who have now started to illustrate books, mm-hmm. oh, right? Yeah. And, and diverse artists. I was gonna right. say the mm-hmm. diversity, the diversity piece that has come up as of late in the children's books has been incredible. Absolutely. You guys yeah. know who Martellus Bennett is, right? Yeah, he just created that uh, the new children's book about black boys. I forgot the name of the yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. He's got a whole series. Of, he has a studio. Dedicated to writing children's Oh, imagination stories. something. Imagination. You're on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I did a this project is, this with is him. His oh, did yeah. you? Yeah. yeah, but yeah, let's yeah. So, <laughs> oh, you I, did a project with him? I think I think the the so the the special thing about that is, and even if you're listening or maybe you're you're with an organization that's looking to maybe reach out to to Alvin Irby um, about this. And not Arby. No. Not, <laughs> not Arby's about. <laughs> about barbershop books is... Alvin, I'm um, sorry. No, it's okay. We all awesome, make mistakes. The, <laughs> the awesome, Ain't that what you tell your children? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the awesome thing is, so when they go in, it hits them on different levels too because when you have all of that going on in the barbershop and then mm-hmm. you have that mm-hmm. bookshelf that's primary colors, colorful, uh, uh, t- or great relevant kids' titles, not dated, outdated books with outdated art, outdated topics, but new, relevant... Uh, inviting looking stuff, I think it, it it communicates to them, at least it would to me, kind of like when you go to McDonald's and you're in the play place and they have a play place section and it's colorful and it's noisy yeah, and it stinks. And yeah. you, you think, I'm important. That's That space is for them. Right. This space is for me and yeah. my little homies, my yeah. brother, my sister. And so that's when you true. go into a barber shop in in your neighborhood and you see, okay, that's where dad's going to go. Those are all dad's, you know, friends, all that stuff. They're going to talk. They're going to get loud. They're going to do all that. But at least I know right here in this barber shop, there's a spot for me. I can go. I can pick up this book. I can hang out. I can do whatever. So that's for them. This is for me. You know what I mean? And and that's special. Something you just said 
You said new. And that is so important because, you know, l- people all the time are trying to donate books to yeah. barbershop books. Yeah. And, you know, I have to tell them, oh, we actually only use new books. And yeah. it's a curated list of new books that are, have been recommended by boys. Because, you know, what's interesting is that sometimes as soon as people hear, oh, it's barbershop books, oh, you're trying to help, you know, poor black boys to read more, or you're trying to help whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, well, I have some old random books in my attic or right. basement oh, yeah. that, some I would, old that I books. would love to donate. Yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah. Like, like, don't nobody with them whack books you try to donate. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, I'm like, I tell people all the time. <laughs> if kids, you want to donate them, there's a big green Plastic top filing cabinet behind the grocery store. This is recycling. Don't no, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> donate exactly. them back there. No, but no, the thing exactly. I tell people is this: you know, if kids have limited exposure or interactions with books, or they're a reluctant reader, right? They don't mm-hmm. like reading. That's not a reason to be less selective about the types of books that you you know share with them. If anything. That's a reason to be more selective. Yeah, sure. more intentional. Right. Yeah. Now, I know we're about to wrap up, but there's something I really want to hear from you guys because it's yeah. not every day that I'm in a room with three dads, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I would love to hear about what your reading experience sure. with your children yeah. is like um, and if there are any insights that you could share with me about you know, maybe when I'm interacting with da- dads yeah. or mothers who are looking to get their dad, their the fathers more involved in the reading experiences, I would yeah. love to hear. Yeah, yeah. Who wants to? I'll go, go first, man. Yeah. With with my kids, so I have four kids. I have uh, three boys and a girl. God bless you. And so, yeah. <laughs> and um, to be honest, the thing for me, it, it goes back to what you were saying. The thing that makes reading the easiest for me with my kids is the funny books, the humor books. Same. A lot of the stuff that we read is um, actually Shel Silverstein, which is yeah, back in the like, yeah. 70s. Yeah. yeah. Like we read classic. Like, yeah, but, we the, but read that's it. that's timeless. That's not wack. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we read a lot of that. We read a lot like Giraffe and a Half. We do The Giving Tree. We do Where the Sidewalk Ends. We do all the yeah. little like poems that he has and all that. And my kids just think they're great because they can laugh, I can laugh, we can laugh together, and it doesn't feel like strenuous work for me as a dad. Well, you know what I mean? And I, you're having an authentic, like, and that's yeah. the thing, when you're genuinely having fun with something, exactly. it, the the kids yeah. see it and yeah, they totally. also, and I can yeah. read it with like voice inflection and I can like have voices for different characters. And so like, I'm having fun playing it out. They're having fun listening to it. Yeah. I think a big apprehension for dads to read to their kids is that they think, man, that's just one more thing I got to do. That's just one more yeah. piece of work. You know, uh, it's, they view it as work more than fun. And so if you can make the reading fun with a book about a kid eating boogers, you yeah. know, and make it, you know what I mean? And make it fun and cute and, and all that. I think that makes it a lot easier for dads. And I think it makes it a lot easier for the kids to digest as well. Yeah, so absolutely. for me, digest. comedy, yes. comedy has been, comedy <laughs> yeah. has been very, very good yeah. in the reading uh, atmosphere in my house. All right. So, yeah, I, I agree with what you were saying entirely. Uh, my youngest daughters through my oldest, they all enjoy the funnier stories mm-hmm. because they inspire their imagination. Yeah. You know, one of my f- the favorite books in my house, and, and forgive me, I don't remember the author, but it's called This is a Moose. And it's a story about a moose that wants to do anything but be a moose. The moose wants to go to space. The moose mm. wants to play hockey. <laughs> and it's just like, inspiring stuff. It's so stuff. silly. Why is this moose? Yeah. yeah, like the moose, is, and, and it cuts to like, there's some irony in it too, which the kids don't pick up on because the you hear like this voice saying, you know, like, you're a moose, act like a moose. And then like, it cuts to the director and it's a duck. So like, <laughs> little yeah. things that are layered like that. But I'm going to tell you, man, I'm going to tell you what really shifted gears for me 
as a father and just growing up uh, primarily in a single parent home and not always having those those um, interaction is, uh, you know, we've talked about talking is teaching here before and just understanding just the importance of that yeah. dialogue with our kids. It's and huge. it doesn't have to like because I think sometimes as parents, we're afraid to get it wrong. So we sometimes we don't do it. I actually remember I was at an event with somebody and they were like, I don't do anything I'm not good at. And I'm thinking like, well, then how do you grow? How do you get good at Listen, you want to hear something that's related to that, right? Now, a lot of, because I just recently did a reading workshop with parents where I talked about this very thing. And I asked the parents, how many of you had to eat everything on your plate growing up? Right? The biggest and, one in the and, room. Right? <laughs> and all these hands went up. Yeah. And I said to them, I was like, children are brilliant, right? They're brilliant. So they learn quickly. If they know they're going to get in trouble, if they don't eat everything on their plate, they become a lot more selective about what they put on their plate. And so if you spend four or five years not even trying something, not even putting something on your plate that you didn't think you're going to like, then the first thing that happens once you get to school is what? Some teacher trying to get you to try something new yeah. that you've never do done. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, creating opportunities for healthy risk taking. Yeah, Ooh. that's huge. Can you say that statement again, please? Because that's like, let's like. Creating opportunities for healthy risk taking, and that's and I think that food, as long as it's not allergies, because that's not healthy. You know, if you allergic right. to peanut butter, don't be yeah. trying. Don't risk your don't, life. Don't be trying, but that's not what don't I'm do saying. Don't do it, Jimmy. Don't but do it. But what I'm saying is, food. You know, I'm not saying yeah. you should wait. Let your kids waste food, but telling them, you know what, I want you to take a little of this and just try it, yeah. and it's okay if you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but so many people are conditioned. If they don't think they're gonna like something, if they don't think they're gonna be good at it, yeah. they don't even want to try it, and it translates into, you know, people not being able to take risks yeah. in the sometimes in the places where it matters most. And I'm gonna tell you something that I don't shy away from with my kids is like. Um, going over words and not pronouncing right the first time like if I read through it you know like I, I mispronounce your name I was literally reading it and I combined the A with uh, your it's last okay. name and so it's okay. but the, the point is a lot of people do that and then they feel like embarrassed or yep. shamed and I'm so sorry they don't say I'm sorry Q for, for bringing it up <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying? I thought you were no, trying to say. No, he's I thought, making a legitimate point. Okay, I thought you were trying to no. say, and then they feel embarrassed. And I was like, you don't got to feel embarrassed. Feel I'm embarrassed. just messing with you. Don't feel we, we talk about how it's okay on the show. It's okay to cry, and it's okay. Anyway, yeah. uh, but the point <laughs> is, is if I have four kids, I'd be crying probably right now. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, "Why is their guest so emotional? <laughs> he got four kids. He got problems. Yeah, I got three daughters. They're like, "Why are you crying? You know why I'm crying? No, but seriously, like." Um, I, I want to show them that they don't have to be perfect to get through it. Like, they don't have to get it yeah, right the first time. They can read it, and then they can read it again. Yeah. And then they can learn the words, and then they can uh, yeah, they yeah, can yeah. assimilate them into their vocabulary. Man, yeah. You don't Man. understand. Like, as a teacher, right, I taught kindergarten, first grade. I could tell almost immediately which students had learned that what they thought did not matter. Oh, because yeah. you ask the student questions, and they look at you like you're crazy. Like, oh, you want to know? Wow what I think, and, and it's partly because they may have been asking questions and parents are like, shut up, sit down, yeah. don't talk, yeah. and kids are smart, so they're like, oh, I get in trouble when I talk and I oh, think yeah. and oh, I yeah. ask questions, Right. so let me be quiet. But see, that's, yeah. why that's, I, that's also why I think Barbershop Books is such a brilliant uh, organization and program, because 
I feel like for so many people, the barbershop is a safe space. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel like just it's like a safe in Luke space. Cage. And you just talked about a safe space to take risks, to take healthy risks. Wait, the barbershop in Luke Cage wasn't the safest. Uh, <laughs> no, wasn't it wasn't the safest. Nope. <laughs> right, right. But, 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 but you know what I mean? Like, in theory, like, yes. Like, in theory, they feel comfortable there. <laughs> you, you feel And me. so for them to pick up a book and start reading in this safe space where they know the people and all that, it creates an And atmosphere. no pressure. There's no yeah, assessment. No. There's nobody creates, checking exactly. to see. They can interact with Did you with read the letter? Way. It's yeah. about positive, early right. positive reading experience. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I think no that's pressure, what's so just magic about barbershop yeah. books. I think yeah. that's so magic. So listen, we, we would love to carry on the conversation. It, I don't even want to be the one that puts a hard stop to it because <laughs> there's so many know. good there's, there's so, so many, many good nuggets. things. There's oh, so yeah. many good things, but but real quick before we do uh wind this one out, where where can people get in touch with you? Social yeah, reiterate media, that. Email, How can people get website? involved? Tell so, us about you. To find out more about barbershop books, you can visit barbershopbooks.org. No, I'm like, sorry. He's done, like, he's done this yo, before. Yo, that sounded like a pre-canned <laughs> commercial. That, that yeah. was my radio voice. Yeah, that was my, no, <laughs> that was but, but, yeah, so you can check out our website. You can sponsor a reading space there. You can recommend a barbershop there. You can also recommend a book. If there's a book that you know little boys love to read, please, we want to hear from you. Um, also... Please connect with us on social media yeah. at Barbershop Books on Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, all of that. Um, and if you want to find out more about me, Alvin Irby, um, you can definitely uh, visit my website, alvinirby.com. You can learn about, uh, you can watch my TED Talk. I have a TED Talk, has um, over a million views. Uh, it's entitled "How to Inspire Every Child to Be a Lifelong Reader." We'll share. Um, we'll you, share that. On you our should social definitely we'll share check it out. Stuff, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I would love to hear from you too. You know, um, connect with me at Alvin Irby. Cool. That's great. We'll, we'll we're gonna go ahead and, and post under this. We'll post a, a little recap from this show, and then we'll put all your contact information on yeah. there as well. If you guys want to get connected, and you uh, should get connected. There's absolutely, e it's, it's easy to get connected, right? Easy to get connected. Easy Very to resource. Easy. Easy to so, help you keep resourcing. That's 475. Gonna, gonna, that's yeah, it. That's you're going to link it on our it. Yeah. on the Instagram. I'll put it all in there. Go on there. You can click through all of yeah. it. Find it all. Connect with Alvin. Connect with Barbershop Books. As always, you can connect with us too if you haven't. If you're only listening to the podcast and haven't connected with us on social media, it's Dad, the number two, The Bone Podcast. Follow us on social media or you can visit our website. It's dad2to, dad2thebone.org. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Yo, Alvin, thank you Alvin, for being thank on the you show. for being here. Let's Alvin. do a snapping round of applause. Yeah, my yeah, pleasure. My go. pleasure. Alvin Irby. Alvin Irby. Alvin Irby. Our first guest, and you set the bar way, 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 way high. Hey, so thank you, thank for, you. for coming and, on the podcast. And so well, we next time we're in New York, we'll do this again. Yo, yeah. let me know. You have that. to come check out one of my comedy shows this For time. sure, yeah. yeah. And we'll do it. It might be tonight. You guys, thank you for listening. As always, if you haven't yet, go back, check out season one, season two of the podcast. We're just getting started on season three. Things are already heating up. So thank you, Alvin. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll hit you guys up next time.